We are here with Mike Allen, candidate for Lee Summit R7 School Board. Mike, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Thank you for having me here. Well, we're going to ask you the first question, which is the one of the ones that gives you kind of a little free platform to work with. Why are you running for the school board? I've been engaged in the community um, since 93. Worked with city employees, public school teachers, staff, administrators in the professional world of uh, financial planning and retirement. So I've come to know people on a personal level and their um, goals, dreams, thoughts of what they want to do individually, but then also why they're engaged in the community. And this community has a passion like no other. Um, Over the years, we've uh, moved here. We moved here in 98. My wife and I have been involved in a variety of different um, committees, subcommittees, both within the school district, within the city, um, Rotary. And in uh, 07, we're blessed with our first daughter. Um, And then in 09, our second daughter, they both attended uh, Summit Point Elementary Um, from kindergarten to this point. uh, Our oldest goes to um, Summit Lakes Middle next year. And then part of the boundary change, we are going to go to Trail Ridge for fourth grade uh, next year. I was I was going to follow up and ask if if you you had gotten uh, looped up in the in the boundary change. We did. We did. So is that why you're running? Are you grinding an axe because of the boundary change, oh, Mike? Not at all. <laughs> Though I should say yes, I'm on a mission. But uh, actually, looking forward to it. Um, Charlotte's excited about it, and we have had very very positive experiences at uh, Summit Point, and look forward to Trail Ridge. And the irony of that is, Trail Ridge would have been the school when we first moved in '98. Uh, Hawthorne Hill was built, then that became the school, and then Summit Point. So we're back home, I guess, at Trail Ridge. And it's kind of cool because it it almost appears as to be a big campus. So you have um, Summit Lakes Middle at the top of the hill there and Trail Ridge uh, down below. So it's a fun fun little sort of campus that they're enjoying well now that we talked about boundary issues let's let's actually let me let me follow into that um so i'm assuming you obviously followed that process probably with some interest knowing that your area of the district was the one that was suffering from the most overcrowding yes sir um and at least those concerns how did you find that that process um to be as you were going through it and uh, i mean obviously no one's really excited about having their child change school, so I'm not going to ask you how you felt about it that way. But right. I mean, so how did you, from if you're trying to look at it from a school board level, how right. did you feel about the process that went into those boundary decisions? Knowing a few people that were on the committee, um, I felt good about those individuals and know that they're sincere and vested and excited about being engaged. I think their um, input was valued. Um, as citizens, parents, um, you know, folks that have lived here. I think the school board was plugged in from the get-go. There was challenge, and there was going to be challenge when you haven't completed a boundary change for for a number of years. So I think that was uncomfortable, um, but there was a thought, a ton of input from what I could glean I was not on any of the committees, just participated as a parent and outsider looking in. And the process seemed to be uh, two-way communication and very open. Now, that said, I understand the pushback. I understand the concerns with the idea or the optics that, man, we're doing these boundary changes only to level up the socioeconomic strata in the schools. And we need to equal out West to Lee Summit High School and the like. And honestly, I've not asked that question, but I don't know that that was an overriding issue at all. And to, again, back to the three, four, five, 
six people that were volunteering for that committee um, never talked about that being an overriding or an issue that wanted to be um, first and foremost. Well, that is kind of uh, – I'm going to move on. That's kind of the other issue kind of, of communication back and forth within the school district now yeah. is, is that – is that look at equity and 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 implementing some some plans and missions by the school district? One was just approved by the school board unanimously. Mm-hmm. How do you when you look at it from from maybe the perspective of, of getting onto the school board? How do you look at the implementation of that plan and how it should go? What do you think the process needs as we move forward? The process needs much more two way communication. Has there has it been lacking in that? With this plan, it's interesting because Lee Summit is not its little own isolated issue facing the achievement gap. The equity conversation is national. It's been in a discussion, as I understand it, for 20-something years, to the early 1990s, if not even before that. Our situation is not unique in a public school setting. It's not unique in a charter school setting. Um it, what I find interesting is we're going to we're building this plan, and now we have a structure in which we will build the, you know, let's say the house analogy. We have essentially the framework. Now we're going to be putting on the drywall, the carpet, all the other accoutrements. When it seems to me that we can pull some of the best practices across other districts and other states and other um, communities where this equity plan has worked in the past. So my point at this is we have an equity plan that's been approved. I've read through it, and it seems that all of the start of that plan is at the superintendent, assistant superintendent, school board level. I don't see a lot of ground work put in there. I don't see educators contributing. I don't see um, educators requested in that plan. It's not a ground-up plan from the ground up. It seems like it's all top-down, and that's a little concerning to me. Do you want to uh, – well, I, I'm not I, – I think that's a, certainly an expre- – I've heard a lot of the same worries expressed. How do you then take that I, – I think that there's also a lot of conversation in the community that this isn't necessary, that this work on the achievement gap isn't necessary, that we're fine. So how do you engage a group of where you have a significant proportion that's not only like, you know, it's hard to get anybody involved anyway. I mean, as we all know, right, you were talking about that committee, there's five, six, eight people. How do you get the bring the people in through this engagement then? What, what is your thought for how to get the board and the superintendent to, to engage those people who not only are maybe less likely to just be engaged in general, but some who have an active resistance to the concept that we need to do this work. Well, there's a lot in that statement. First, I only knew six or eight people on a personal level. The committee I, itself was about 30 to 40. Right, so, but even then, that's there are tens of thousands of students. We have 30 people in this committee. It's it's hard to get – it's easy to find those 30 or 40 people. Sometimes it's harder to get them. Understood, yep. And, and with the CFMPPs, there were thousands of folks that contributed online – if not thousands, I know hundreds of people that showed up at the community conversations. I just find this, um, back to the equity conversation, had a conversation Thursday with one of the principals in our community, and 
the point was the achievement gap is real. Um, the measurable statistic between subgroups is there. Uh, for us to deny that that is not the case is turning a blind eye to something that I think we can remedy and, minim- and, and bring together. If we see that as only a single factor, I think we are eliminating other areas that we can affect. I've had school administrators, staff say, look, we can't solve an issue at home. No, we can't take the place of parents. And yet, that's a factor in the discussion. We can't solve the socioeconomic situation of citizens. No. But that's a factor. Transportation is a factor. School physical um, structures are a factor. Audio, visual are a factor over and above just race. But for some reason, it feels as if, doesn't feel, we hear this message over and over and over that we are, as instructors, suffering from an unconscious bias and that race is a driving factor of this achievement gap. There is probably an unconscious bias. All of us have an unconscious bias. I have an unconscious bias against other people, other situations. It doesn't mean that I'm racially insensitive. It doesn't mean that I'm racially biased. I think there has become this identified problem in our city that has not been a problem of the magnitude that we are accused of having. Well, let's let's turn this into into your perspective as a board member. What role do you think you would play as a member of the school board and the board should play in then changing that conversation in in engaging the constituency of the school district? What what role does that play? Our school board members in the past currently deserve praise, number one, because they are sacrificing a bunch of their own time, skills, talent. Individually, these folks are dug in. Collectively, they're dug in. And I don't mean to be PC and running for a spot just to get elected, but, oh my God, the compassion and passion that these folks have is second to none. It's a voluntary gig. My daughters laugh at me and said, you're running for something that you're not going to be paid for. Why don't you run for city council? At least they get paid something. Well, when you have a vested interest in the community and you're dug into the community and in Lee Summit, the school district is a fiber that is weaved into this community stronger than many, many others. One of the challenges that this, be it current board or every board, has had is the challenge of continuing to stay engaged when the conversations get difficult. And that two-way communication right now is not happening as much as it could have or should have. And it's the, the dynamics and, and the optics of how Lee Summit is being framed in the media by the Star, by the Journal, uh, by KCUR – by our uh, editorial board at the Kansas City Star is um, unfair. I think it's a lot of hyperbole. They've got to sell advertising. I mean, folks get too wrapped around the axle of saying the star is this, the star is that, the star is what it is. KCR is what it is. Media is what it is. 
in all fairness, the media's doing their job to, to a large degree, and yet when you have a person writing an article, that paradigm of that person is reflected in the article. Um, what is becoming very concerning to me is the fact that administration, who has put this topic front and center about achievement gap, racial divide, maybe that's not exactly what it is, but racial bias, unconscious bias, institutional bias, continue down that definition or whatever that might be, is pretty quiet right now. And that silence says a lot. And that silence is deafening. So if you're going to take the microphone and you're going to take the camera and squarely put it on yourself and then not say anything to let this community shine and grow and cultivate conversation in a respectful, diplomatic, and yet confrontational, that's fine. Let's, let's talk about critical issues for what they are. Well, let's, let's let's again stay on this. The role of the school board. Oh, so, I'm sorry. So no, no, no. no, no so I'm gonna, I'm going to ask ask you that. What is your role as maybe what is what is the check and balance role of the school board? How do you how do you interact with the superintendent? What is the check and balance system? How, how do you see that relationship between the school board and a superintendent? How should school, that be? School board hires one person. School board hires the superintendent. That expectation needs to be set. At some stage of the game, either it's set at the point of hire, the point of extension, Uh, that line of communication should be a two-way street, and it should be trusting, and it should be collaborative. I answered a questionnaire that asked me what I thought that current situation is, and I used about six or seven adjectives, one of which is splintered. Uh, There's a lot of hyperbole. I don't think – I think there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of accountability. That's all negative. That said – there are some amazingly achievement, amazing things that the school district is doing, and I think that the board and the superintendent are working very, very hard to continue to move forward, i.e. CFMP, Future Ready Learning, um, the uh, Hour of Power piece, the uh, JAG uh, program, which is um, uh, uh, basically internships. So there are some tremendous tremendous opportunities out there and there's tremendous successes so where the breakdown seems to be at the core base level is a lack of trust well i want to go back to that a little bit because you just you just spent some time on on the the conversation surrounding equity surrounding racial bias how and 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 you mentioned a splinter among the school board and the relationship however that equity plan was just passed unanimously so i i guess i'm kind of wondering where you see the splintering then there have been two, if not three, community conversations um, over the past three, four, five months. Those community conversations were to discuss the achievement gap, the equity of our um, curriculum, the equity of our opportunities provided to all students and each student. There was very little interaction going into the very first community conversation by a couple of members who stood on that uh, uh, stage and answered questions from a moderator. Very little time to prepare. Very little, very small understanding of what the dynamics would be. So 
that in and of itself, I think, is not something that should happen. I don't believe that there is good communication as to what the superintendent is going to do in certain situations and understand the conversations that are going to take place, i.e. the Kansas City Star Editorial Board, where there was a sense of innuendo that all of a sudden safety was an issue, that the attitude and the pitch in Lee Summit was difficult and confrontational. And it was just left to linger as if we have torches and pitchforks out on the parking lot of SLC or downtown and marching people in and out of town as if we have this huge racial division. Well, I, I'll, let's let's come back there. You you mentioned earlier the media is what the media is, and the media is going to do what the media is going to do. Then how do you then? I'm you the s- only media that matters. Can we just can we just? Say I'd that? love for that to be the case, okay. Nick, but it's not the way we work. You know that. Um, other people think they have a voice. So, um, but there are. At what point do how do we balance? I mean, so I guess let me let me go back to a, let me take a, a broader thing. You, you seem to have some concerns with the way that the superintendent is managing the media or the media outlook. And yet we also have a situation where or you've, you've, you've basically said, look, they're going to do what they're going to do. You're right. They're going to print you know, the most um, clickable headline that they can find. Um, although I, I don't know, clicks, I, I don't know who actually reads the actual physical newspaper anymore, but the, the most clickable headline they're going to find to get to draw people into that article. And you're right that the school board's general role, and this is where it gets, uh, you know, this is where I think we want to really dial in, is like there's there's a tension between wanting to be a a cheerleader for the district, a, a driver for the district, a facilitator of the two-way communication that you were talking about, and yet giving the superintendent the capacity to do the job that they're, they've been given. How do you resolve that? I, my read of the school board has been, at least in the public meetings, that there's, there's the culture seems very much not to have that conflict at the dais, um, but that it gets resolved el- or that it that it happens elsewhere. How do you bring a sense of and what do you think? How strong a role do you think that the school board should have in working with and and having some of that tension at the dais um, in working with the school board or the, with the superintendent? You want me to rephrase Three, that? Please. All right. No problem. Uh, so I, I was going to say, basically, I think there's a lot of tension there um, that exists, but I don't ever see it at the school board level really get expressed in the public meeting. Um, it's it's very routine oriented as a whole. It's rarely really expressed. Do you think that the school board needs to take a stronger role in expressing attention, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. Don't get me wrong. Um, or do you, how, how, where do you feel that role? Does that role need to be adjusted? To the point of school board and superintendent, congruent messaging would be nice. A shared vision would help. An idea that each of the board members and the superintendent would understand how to define equity be nice. I remember a discussion with you two, a superintendent and two assistant superintendents, and it took 15 minutes to describe what the equity was or what it, what it was going to be. What's equity? It took 15 minutes to talk about it. By the time it's done being explained, we're all confused. It seems like 
when talent meets talent meets resources equity the equity of resources with an individual's talent is achievement and if we can use that framework to bring whatever student's talent is there match the resources that are equi- that are that are available meet the kid or the family where they are the achievement gap is going to go down and you're not going to have to worry about quote unquote you know lowering the top bar to raise the bottom up now, how do you do that? Maybe smaller class sizes, maybe more paras, maybe more opportunities to collaborate with a family, maybe the opportunity to um, spend some time with, with kids one-on-one after school, before school. Maybe we go to a year-round school. Maybe we have flex schedules. I mean, there's a variety of things out there. But it's, again, it seems like more and more and more and more, we narrow these conversations into saying there's a racial bias. There's unconscious bias. It happens both with these community conversations. It's been narrowed down and, and taken a one single topic at the at a, at a at another uh, conversation that's that's being um, held at Bernard Campbell Middle School. It's best in class. That Bernard Campbell Middle School program uh, with Cecilia and um, a couple of other folks. Tremendous conversation, challenging conversation, difficult topics. But very, very two-way street, very collaborative with the idea of saying, let's address it. Let's, as a collective sum, collective group, go address these issues. And I don't know that that's felt at the level of school board right now. So I understand you've said, hey, at the dais, it seems pretty congenial. And yet knowing some of the conversations and or the personality differences in the closed sessions and the closed meetings, they are they are hitting it pretty hard. And it and it's a and it's a difficult, strong conversations they're having. So I wanna I wanna I wanna dig into this a lot more, but we're trying to keep everybody, all the candidates the same thing. So we're gonna wrap right. it with the same time frame. So we're gonna wrap this up and, and stop Jason and I from you know, we're gonna we'll keep you here for three more hours. Um, take about thirty seconds. Let's wrap this up. About 30 seconds. Tell voters why they should pick you. Uh, pure experience. I have uh, years vested in this district. My wife and I lived here since 98. Not that that's everything. I don't care if you moved here in 2008 or 2018. When you feel that a community and a school district is woven together as this city is, and that our district is one of the strongest in the state, if not the region, and our city is one of the same, we'd be crazy not, I'd be crazy not to run and not get engaged. All right, Mike, thank you for taking time. And, and as we're going to say to all our candidates, good luck on the election. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike.